So a person has to make that decision somewhere to do the work and understanding it's not going to be easy, you know. But another thing is that the, the bad habits start off easy, but the end result is very difficult, you know, like the addiction maybe from drugs or alcohol or, or, or the heart attack from the, you know, the diet or, or whatever, you know. The, the, the result down the road makes life very difficult, you know, where it was so easy and maybe a lot of fun in the beginning and senses were stimulated and, wow, I like this. But it leads to a dark, you know, end. Whereas the good habits, like we've said, are, are difficult in the beginning, maybe a struggle, really determined, you know, but in the end, it is a very, very beneficial result. Hey there, welcome back to the Breaking Trail podcast. Ruben here and my friend and teacher Balakia. This is where you learn to navigate life's journey through ancient wisdom. And today you'll learn about habits, the good, the bad and the ugly. How you can turn some bad habits into good habits and... Uh, invest in your future well-being in this way. About the effect diet has on COVID. And the four categories was plant-based diet and then plant-based diet plus pescatarian, which means fish, mm -hmm. plants plus fish. Then the baseline diet was just basically conventional meat, whatever diet. And then the fourth category was a low-carb diet, which is basically all meat, you know, the paleo diet and these various ones where you basically eliminate carbohydrates. And so... The study was what effect does the diet have on your chances of severe or moderate to severe COVID result. It's, once you get COVID, what does the, the diet have to do with it? Mm -hmm. So it was found in this study, it was quite a large study, I don't remember the numbers, but uh, you can look it up if you want, later. Yeah, probably later. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the, the results showed that on the plant-based diet, you had a 73% better chance of not getting moderate or severe COVID. On the plant-based plus fish, and they didn't add many uh, participants to the plant-based diet. It was only a, like 40 or something more people that was uh, in the category of plant-based plus fish, but it increased the percentage up to uh, 62, let me think, 60, no, 60. What is for, for 60, 59. 
So it increased from 73% uh, percent less likely to get severe COVID to 59 then the baseline diet was just like, it's probably going to go to moderate to severe COVID. And then when they went to the low-carb diet, it went past the baseline. Like it was uh, 1.48 or 148% more likely to get moderate to severe COVID on this low-carb diet. Wow. So... It, the the plant-based diet was way, way, way superior as far as protection against COVID once you've got it. Yeah. And uh, just adding the fish increased the possibility of a more problematic situation quite a bit. Yeah. And then when you went to low-carb, it went off the scale like 148% more chance of getting moderate and severe re case of COVID. So, yeah, I mean, the whole report there is, it's not really long. It's, you, can, you can put a link to it if you want, Ruben. Yeah, and, yeah I'll do that. I'll do that. But it's, it's only like 12-minute video, so it's, yeah. it's very precise and to the point. It's not like you got to spend two hours to figure it out. Mm. And there's, there's quite... Uh, easy to read graphs there to to make it very easily understandable <laughs> I, I re really hope that this will you know be be known <laughs> because this is amazing it, it <laughs> probably won't i mean it'll no. probably get buried just like everything else that that shows something good you know something outside the normal or whatever you want to call it yeah but uh the uh, the the point that I always like to make in this kind of a situation is that the Vedas, you know, their teaching is vegetarian diet is the best. This is how you should eat, you know. And it's not like you have to have a lot of tests and everything to prove it. It's just when the, the Vedic information is presented... It's normally accepted as true, and uh, by those who accept the Vedas as, mm. as sources of truth. But over time, and especially now, when people are doing more and more research to prove this and to prove that, and and so on, it just comes back to the same point: the Vedas were right all along. <laughs> you know. So whether it's in this case of COVID or whether it's in the environmental impact, how much less of environmental impact a vegetarian plant-based diet has, or whatever situation you look at, it always comes out that what the Vedas said and have said is correct. Yeah, but, so, but that's... <laughs> I mean that can be hard for us to to handle maybe because it requires us to change. Like if we see those facts, then we're like, oh, we we have to do something. <laughs> you know? Well, that's up to the individual. I mean, mm. you know, you want to improve your life, then here's information on how to do that. You know, and some people do. Yeah, a lot of people don't. 
a lot of people are not interested in yeah. changing anything. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm going to eat this diet and it's going to give me a heart attack probably. And I've already had three bypass surgeries and whatever, but I don't care. I'm going to eat it because I like meat or I like, you know, the way I'm living now. Yeah. Fine, that's your choice, you know. But maybe there's, you know, a smaller group of people who say, wow, you know, I don't want to be in that condition of bypasses and heart attacks and, you know, severe cases of COVID and, mm. you know, debilitations of one type or another. So this is, you know, kind of a impetus for me to change, mm. follow these guidelines. Mm. And this is just one small category. This is just body health, Yeah, you know. But it gives you some background of the authenticity of the Vedas. Mm. You know, it, it begins to make, well, if they're right about that, you know, the other things they say, you know, very well could be right also. Mm -hmm. And if I follow that, then I'll be following an authorized system of truth, a guideline that's going to help me in not just health, physical health, but also mental health. And also, you know, I can do the right thing for the environment or, you know, I can make my life better uh, in connection with my relationships with others. And mm. I can be a better person and I can understand more and more. Maybe I'm not really this material body and all those things. It's just kind of a domino effect. One thing leads to the next, to the next, to the next. But, but the, moving us up. But the, 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 so I, I thought that was an interesting point you just said. We just started just saying this. Uh, Marcus had a had a talk, a talk about habits and how the link between habits and our personal relationships to others. You, you said that he's mentioned something like that. I thought that was an interesting twist. It we normally don't see yeah. it in that way. Well, yeah, we usually. <laughs> We don't usually don't see things in the right light, so to speak, you know, because the people who are shining the light, you know, are shining it on the wrong information or the wrong things. <laughs> so we just see what we're allowed to see. And, uh, but anyway, uh, Marcus Rothkranz, he's got a lot of information. He's got his website and so on about health. I mean, his his main focus is health, but he also incorporates some other areas of life that are, mm. you know, oftentimes constructive. And so he had this video on habits. And he said, you know, again, there's a few people who want to improve their life in one category or another. You know, maybe they just want to lose weight. You know, or maybe, you know, they want to improve their financial situation or maybe they want to improve their relationships with, you know, those close to them or just in general, etc. Because they understand that what's going on now is there's room for improvement, mm -hmm. so to speak. <laughs> but people want just something instant. They want to take a pill. You know, I want to lose weight. I just want to take a pill you know, a weight loss pill. Yeah. I don't want to have to go through a whole change of Change. diet and 
do some hard work, you know, or I want to get rich, get rich scheme. So, you know, I can, boom, get rich very quick, invest a little and get huge returns, you know. Or I just want people to like me the way I am and I don't want to change, you know, and da-da-da. In other words, we don't want to do the work. This is the point. Yeah. But really, if you look at people who are actually successful in whatever category you look at, you know, there's a lot of hard work that led to that. And so the point is, we all have a lot of habits. I mean, our life revolves around habits. And usually when people think of habits, they think of bad habits, you know. So we have the bad habits of smoking or drinking or drug use or, you know, being, you know, harsh to other people or whatever, you know, obviously not good. And a habit is created by just repeating something over and over again. You know, the alcoholic didn't become an alcoholic, you know, the first beer, mm. you know, but after beer after beer and, you know, vodka after vodka and so on and so on, you know, it becomes a habit which leads to an addiction. Yeah. And actually, he pointed out that Time magazine, this, this idea of habits is, is so dynamic or important that Time magazine did a separate little booklet on the power of habits. Oh, wow. And then they did another booklet on the power of addiction. See? <laughs> and and it's, it's connected. You know, there's, there's a connection here. So habits are very, very strong and basically control our lives, whether they're good habits or bad habits. Mm. But the bad habits are often very easy to get into. You don't have exactly. to do a lot of hard work. Mm. You know, you just smoke a few cigarettes or, you know, and you start getting into the habit, you know, or the alcohol or, you know, the the relationship problems. And it becomes a habit to be not nice. Yeah. I and mean, it's easy to be not nice. <laughs> and and once you've done it once, it's not a big thing to do it twice or three times or, you know, like for every yeah. time, it's just becomes easier to follow that pattern. Exactly. And pretty soon you got a habit. Yeah. You know. But the good habits oftentimes take a lot of work, you know. In the beginning, it's really difficult, you know. Let's just say you want to lose weight. Well, the diet pill is easy to take, but the change of diet and the whole regime that goes with that and losing weight, you know, really, and so it doesn't come back and so on and so on, takes a lot of hard work. So the first day, it's kind of like, you know, a novelty. Like, oh, this is, you know, cool. But the second day, third day, you know, it, it becomes hard because you've got the old habits that you keep referring back to and the, the addictions and, and, you know, oh, I want to, I remember, I'd like to, see, but you have to be strong. And, and after a point of time, of doing the right thing, whether it's diet or whatever, you know. Then it becomes easier and easier and easier. 
until finally it becomes a habit, and now it's just on, you know, automatic pilot. You know, it just kind of goes on its own. And you don't really have to think about it. It's just what you do. This is my new norm. New normal. Mm. You see? So a person has to make that decision somewhere to do the work and understanding it's not going to be easy, you know. But another thing is that the, the bad habits start off easy, but the end result is very difficult, you know. Like the addiction, maybe from drugs or alcohol, or, or or the heart attack from the, you know, the diet or or whatever, you know, the 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 result down the road makes life very difficult. You know, where it was so easy and maybe a lot of fun in the beginning, and senses were stimulated, and wow, I like this, but it leads to a dark, you know, end. Mm. Whereas the good habits like we've said, are, are difficult in the beginning, maybe a struggle, really determined, you know, but in the end, it is a very, very beneficial result. Okay. Mm. And so the point was invest in, lo make long-term investments instead of short-term investments. You know, in relationships or whatever, oh, this is going to be a, you know, a flash-in-the-pan relationship. Just get in, enjoy. You know, it's it's not a long-term investment, see. But it doesn't lead to any good result. But a long-term investment, you know, and you work on that investment and you invest a lot of time and energy in it. Exactly. Has a very good result. And that's the whole concept of spiritual life. You know, in Bhagavad Gita, which we referred to a lot, it says, you know, that which is very, you know, tastes very sweet in the beginning leads to very bitter in the end. In other words, it diminishes in pleasure, it diminishes, you know, in attraction, etc., and it winds up being very bitter, you know. And that's, you know, life in the mode of ignorance and passion. But that which is you know, maybe even be very bitter in the beginning, you know, gradually it leads to more and more and more sweetness and more and more happiness and more and more real pleasure mm. and so on. And so that that's a spiritual concept, you know, to break out of our old material habits and addictions, you know, and take embark on a, a real, true spiritual journey, you know, is not going to be easy. But when you do it and do it with some conviction and determination, you know, and so on, then it becomes easier and easier and brighter and brighter and more and more fulfilling, you know. And so you're, you're impelled from within, you know. And it's, you know. it's, again, a Vedic truth that is played out in this concept of habits. Mm. You know, it just comes to my mind. I remember a friend of mine when we <laughs> we were in, when I was young, you know, we used to always bike around the city. Like that that's what was how you got around in the winter. There was a lot of snow and often they would, they would plow the roads first and not prioritize the, the bike roads, you know, 
<laughs> so the bike roads were often a lot of snow on the bike roads <laughs> and we were you know there was always like one usually when when you had some snow there there was usually like one track that was like where most people went you know and, and you had two choices either you, either you could try to follow that track and it was kind of like easy going because you there was no loose snow but at the same time you were kind of falling to the sides all the time because you you're trying to like stay into this wheel so it's kind of in a sense you, you were just floating along but in a sense it was a lot of struggle on the way as well because you were falling to the side or you could like head out of the trail and but then there was a lot of work required to do that because you had to go through the deep snow but you it was much easier to follow your direction <laughs> you know right <laughs> just that analogy just came to my mind right now <laughs> right 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 you know. Kind of like the breaking trail concept. It's exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can apply these truths in many, many different situations, you know. Because truth is truth, isn't it? And, you know, it can be applied here, it can be applied here, it can be applied another place. Mm. And, uh, and again, that's why our Vedic teaching is filled with truth. And... If you accept that truth and try to apply it, you'll find many categories where it's applicable. Mm. You know, not just one thing. No, and, and, and the, the, what you said in the beginning, like, because we can't prove everything with material science, cannot prove everything. You know, I guess only a small part. It can, like, uh, catching up and prove, like, for example, the benefits of vegetarian diet in terms of health and COVID. But, but. If you see that proof, then maybe you can think like, oh, so maybe, you know, the other things that I cannot yet prove, I can even implement those things and, you know, follow those things because this seems logical that this will be produce a good result. Exactly. Mm. And, and back to the habits, uh, you know, the, the bhakti system that we follow and promote, you know, is filled with guidelines of daily lifestyles. Mm. And it's it's recommended that you do this every day. So just coming from, you know, everyday life, so to speak, mm-hmm. this seems like very difficult. Get up early in the morning, for instance. Yeah. I mean, for some people, that's like pulling teeth. I mean, this is really hard, you know, but you do it, you know, and it's a struggle. And you'd, you'd really rather, much rather, be sleeping maybe. But the alarm goes off. And you've already decided the night before when that alarm goes off, at this time, that's the time to get up, take your bath, shower, and then do your meditation. Yeah. Okay. So you've already decided that before you went to sleep. Yeah. But then that decision might not look so good when the alarm goes off. <laughs> I go, oh, but now I'm too tired, you know, I don't feel. But you do it anyway. You get up anyway. And you do this over time, and that time period of the day becomes normal to get up. Mm-hmm. It's when you get up, and it's not like hard anymore. It used to be so difficult, maybe. Now it's not hard at all. You just get up, and you've got your routine already set. Get up, go, take a shower, come in, you know, sit down, do your meditation, whatever you've, you've designed your schedule around. Maybe do some hatha yoga in there, 
you know, uh, go for a walk and, and do some japa meditation with beads, you know, out in nature, you know, see the sunrise every day. And so on, because Norway, this is like, <laughs> in winter, it's like, you never see it, but, you know, in normal places where the sun does come up. Normal places. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, some some things, you know, don't apply as far as the time of day in Norway, exactly, because it's a summer, it never goes down and exactly. winter never comes up. But, <laughs> but in general, you're up at that time. Hmm. You know, and so it's it's like you don't even have to think about it. So it, it just becomes automatic. You know, it's just like on cruise control. And yeah, and and one thing that you're saying that that's kind of important, I think, is that you, what you do in that sense is you sort of honor your decision. Like you made a decision and then you follow it. But if you keep making a decision and not following it, then the next time it will be like, oh, but my decision, I just, whatever, I can do something else. But you know what I mean? Like if you, if you start to get into that habit of like, no, but I made the decision, so I'm going to do that. Because the night before I was in a proper state of mind, I was relaxed, I was determined, I, I know what I wanted and I'm going to follow that. That's the decision I made. You know? Exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, and you 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 develop a good habit of honoring your decisions. Exactly. You know, you make decisions based on a clear mind. You know, it's not just some spontaneous impulse thing that mm. could be very wrong. You're not going on emotion and sentiment and whatever, but it's a conscious decision. Okay, I'm going to follow this process that recommends getting up at this time. You you that's a conscious decision and you honor that that gives you what many people would call willpower yeah that's a habit too yeah. it builds strength you know so when once you make a decision you stick to that decision mm -hmm. you know and like when i go hiking in the mountains i kind of plan where i'm going to go before i go mm -hmm. and i like to stick to that plan you know, some people like to go and then they change plans all over the place. Oh, I'm too tired, so I'm not going to do that. Or, you know, that looks for me, I'm going to go there. But I'm the kind of guy to, okay, I've decided this is what I'm going to do. And I try to stick to that plan. You know, mm -hmm. if I want to go to another place, I'll do that next time. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know. It's just kind of the way I'm, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but it works out well. You know, I'm not all over the place. My mind's just telling me, go, oh, well, don't do that. Do this, you know. Mm, mm. And so, okay, I do that. And then the mind says, well, maybe do this instead of that. And maybe and this you're, road you're will just, be better. And maybe. <laughs> you're just all over the place. Exactly. You know. Yeah. And uh, so it can apply to any, any, again, any part of our life and its decision making and, and honoring that. But, but that's also what I do when I go out for hikes, like in terms of weather, because I know some people, they, you know, they care so much about what the weather is going to be like. And if the weather is going to be bad, then they're not going to go out. And, and I tend to just like, okay, well, of course, if it's going to be storm and really terrible and dangerous, then I have to reconsider. But if it's just going to be, if it's about rain or sun, you know, I bring the same gear anyway, because you never know what the weather is going to be. And then I just go out there and you know, <laughs> do my... Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that one. 
you just go out and, you know, what happens happens yeah. and you just deal with it as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> but just last week, you know, we were in that second category you mentioned where we got up to a point and then this storm came in, full snowstorm. And, oh, wow. You know, uh, wind was blowing so hard and, you know, it was cold. I mean, this is, what, June 26th? <laughs> you know, <laughs> usually you don't have snowstorms in June, <laughs> but in the high mountains you do. So wow. we got to a point and we had to turn around because it was it was just not smart to go up on this exposed ridge and, exactly. you know, you could get blown off or visibility exactly. was coming in and out of a cloud. So sometimes it was really, really limited visibility. And, you know, it just wasn't a smart decision to follow the plan. No. Hmm. So again, you have to reassess and say, well, you know, these conditions dictate a, a different plan. Mm -hmm. We'll go back down and come back and do it next week, which we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's a nice analogy for life as well, like, because you, you're not the supreme controller yet, like you can't control the situation around you. So you try to like do things in this way that we said, like the habits, but then things may change. And then you might have to reconsider if it's really, really necessary. <laughs> you might have to. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you can't be so stuck in concrete that you can't adjust. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's in the mountains or in whatever. I mean, sometimes getting up early isn't just not the best plan if you're really sick and your body needs that time to rest and, and exactly. recover. Exactly. You know, then you have to consider, well, here's a, an unusual situation that makes it so I have to adjust a little bit. Mm. You know, you can't be a fanatic. You know, it's it's fanaticism in any category is is a negative. And again, in Bhagavad Gita, you know, Lord Krishna says, you know, yoga is not for the man who eats too much or eats too little, sleeps too much or sleeps too little. You know, in other words, middle of the road kind of thing, not extremism on either side. You know, because when you start getting into this extreme consciousness, then, then it, that's self-defeating. Then you know. what, what what normally happens when you do that is that that thing becomes like the reason itself and not the goal, the end goal that you want to get to with doing that thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and then it becomes sometimes a, a source of false pride. Mm. You know, you're bragging about, you know, the extreme situation or activity or habit or whatever it is that you have yeah. you know it, it's a way to boost your false ego you know look at me yeah. you know so that's also self-defeating in especially in yoga yeah. you know because false pride is is the enemy of true spiritual advancement you know humility is is the goal you know, that's how you become successful. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, it just reminds me of, you know, on the North Shore in Hawaii in the late, mid to late 60s, big wave surfing was 
it was just kind of really getting going. You know, I mean, really big stuff like Waimea Bay and 20-plus mm-hmm. foot waves. And, you know, people <laughs> previously had kind of looked at that kind of conditions and so nobody could ride that. Nobody could surf that, you know. But then a few guys ventured out and, you know, found out that they could and they had to redesign the boards because the boards that are working in smaller waves don't work in those conditions. Mm. So it required some scientific analysis of how the boards need to be shaped and the length and the width and whatever, whatever. So in other words, it was evolving. Mm. You know, now it's at a high level of, (laughs) of, (laughs) you know, development. But at that time, it was evolving. And so there was one guy, and I can't even remember his name, but he was one of the big wave surfers. But he was kind of a loner guy. And there was a story that he went out in some very big surf alone. And he went out and he surfed that day. Somebody just happened to be there. And it wasn't like just a, a small handful of guys that were in this category. Mm-hmm. And, and somebody saw him. He went out very early in the morning. And he surfed very big surf that day and came in and went about his business and never told anybody about it. He didn't brag about it. Hey, man, I went to YMA this morning. It was 20 plus. And, you know, I got five waves and whatever. He didn't do that. Nobody even knew he did it except this one guy happened to observe it. And he exposed the secret. So that's, that's kind of a point that the guy was just doing what he did. You know, he got the own his own satisfaction exactly. from it. Exactly. And he wasn't bragging about it to get, you know, people praising him. Wow, you were out alone. You went out at that stuff, man. Was, and and I thought that was pretty cool. That's, I'm, I'm also, yeah, kind of impressed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Just humble, you know. Wasn't looking for anything other than just the experience. No, and, and right now it's even like it, it's much easier to not be that because of all the social media, for example. <laughs> I mean, it's promoting you to tell everyone about how wonderful you are in your life and get the likes. And... Every Everything, yes. <laughs> and this is, again, very uh, adverse to, to humility. Mm. You know, And this was one of the, the things in that Time magazine booklet on addiction. You know, we think oh. of addictions as drugs and alcohol and yeah. whatever, whatever, yeah, yeah. cigarettes. But addiction to praise, you know, wow. addiction to wanting people to glorify you and know who you are and so on. That's a very, very strong addiction, you know. Wow. And the social media, people are addicted to their phones. Why? Because there's, you know, Facebook and Instagram and so on like that. And What's that so important? Because I'm there, you know, and I can post, you know, things and and make it look like it's an amazing thing I did and whatever, 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 you know, and and they're addicted to that. And if they don't get likes, then that addiction makes it so, what? They're depressed, you know. They're feeling low self-esteem. Oh, nobody likes me. Nobody likes what I'm doing. Nobody likes my post. You know, and so it it just has a negative result all the way across the board. Hmm. You know. But that's that seems like, I mean, is, is there a difference in how you break that 
habit that causes that addiction as compared to other addictions or is it is the same <laughs> you know what i mean because that seems well you know that kind of addiction is is like self-centeredness you know i am great or i want people to think i'm great <laughs> even if i know i'm not <laughs> or whatever but when you actually make some progress spiritually you read the, the true teachings of what is good for the soul see and you try to begin to implement that and you you can see through the illusion through the smoke screen that this is going to make me happy and or this happiness that I'm getting from, you know, the likes and all the Instagram fame and so on is, is actually fake. It's false. It's temporary. And it's just not good for me. You start seeing who you really are. I'm spirit soul. And all of this is just part of the illusion of material world called Maya, you know. And I'm I'm not great. And why should I try to play some game, you know? And you know, the person that you want, you know, gradually as you progress, and and the philosophy promotes this from the beginning, is the person you're really trying to please is the supreme Lord, you know. And you know, all of the teachings are humility is the goal, you know not arrogance. And so you're kind of seeing, well, this is not good for me. Mm. You know, all this, you know, attempt to be somebody, materially speaking, is, is against me, the spirit soul, is against my well-being. And so therefore you start changing things. You develop another habit, you know, and whether... Gradually, you come to a point where it's not what other people think about me. You know, it's what the Lord thinks about me. What does my spiritual master think about me? What am I doing to help other people? And so on. And so this is how you really move past that addiction. You know, you can try to do any of these things mentally, but it's not, that's not the goal, you know, to try to just mentally change things. You have yeah, to yeah. change things in the heart. You know, it's a deeper thing than this surface, you know, mental adjustment kind of thing. And otherwise... It's involved. The mind is involved, but it's it's much more than that. So if it's not... If, if it doesn't come out in that field, it will come out in some other field, like an imbalance or in bad habit. Or... Yeah. And, it, and the strength is not there. It's like you know, a house with no solid foundation, mm. you know, and it just falls down, you know, it eventually collapses. So, yeah, that that's again, you know, where we have to do the work is at the root, mm. you know, not not up in the branches somewhere. Well, you know. well, well what are then, like, if we... Going back to the habit thing, what like what 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 are the good habits that we'd like to have, and how do we start implementing those? What are some of the important habits, good habits? Well, the bhakti yoga process has nine different steps or processes, activities. The first is hearing, so we make a habit of hearing 
this truth, see. So that means I have to have a habit of listening to maybe online, you know, presentations like we're presenting or reading the scriptures or listening to, you know, our spiritual master's lectures, et cetera. I have to hear. Mm. Then I have to chant. That's number two. So I have to make a habit of chanting. See, so chanting the mantras, chanting this truth, like what we're doing now, speaking, this is chanting also. People think chanting is only singing the mantras, but it means repeating transcendental sound. But the mantras are definitely, you know, what we try to encourage people to do, chant the mantras. So that is a habit that we need to get into. And, you know, many of us have found that after doing this for on a regular basis for some time, you want to do this. And if you don't somehow do it, there's something missing. See, there's, there's something missing in your life. Yeah. It's just like bad habits. If you're not doing something bad, something's missing. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really a value when you feel like, Gee, I need to chant, you know. Or you, you start getting strength and protection from the chanting when you're having a really bad, you know, situation somehow. You know, I just got a, a, a letter from a dear friend of mine, been chanting for many years. And she's got a difficult family situation, you know, taking care of a father that's had, you know, some a stroke and has some, you know, mental disturbances as a result of this. You know, another person in the family that's also got some mental issues. And, you know, so when you're you're trying to take care of these people and so on, it's not easy, you know. And so she was having some difficulties mentally, and, of course, this usually translates into physical difficulties as well, stress and trauma and so on results in physical adversity. And so anyway, she, you know, realized all this and just started chanting more and more attentively, not just chanting. She was specifically mentioning chanting on on her beats, like japa yoga meditation. We've talked about this before. But not only chanting, but chanting more attentively, really focusing on the mantras when she chanted, and so on. And, you know, it made everything inside, which was previously so so tense and stressed and, you know, some anger there and, you know, all that, it just kind of calmed everything down, you know. And hmm. so that, she said, really, really changed everything. The situation is the same externally, but internally, now she's got a, a whole another outlook on it, another approach to it, and dealing with it in a much different way inside. And so many of her physical problems also went away. You know, she also said she it was uh, prescribed some homeopathic treatment that uh, was specifically for for reducing stress. People who are under really stressful situations. Yeah. 
And she said that also was very beneficial, you know. So, yeah, she she dealt with it like that. And so <clears throat> this is this is how you do it. You apply our teachings, and there's where real strength is, you know, on a, on a spiritual level, which also has very, very great benefit on the mental and physical level. And so body, mind, and soul. See, you, you always hear that term, you know, yeah, yeah. body, mind, and soul. Mm -hmm. You know, but when the soul is in good shape, so to speak, then the mind and the body will also be nourished. Mm -hmm. hmm. And so that's how you, you do these things. You apply these teachings, uh, remembering the philosophy, reminding yourself when, you know, flare-ups of anger come or whatever. you got to remember the teachings. Humility is the goal. I'm not my body. All this is temporary, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you, you have to remember the teachings hmm. and remember the mantras. And then the processes go on, you know, praying, making offerings, worshiping the Lord, you know, doing practical activity in the service of the Lord. And in this way, they become habits. These, these you know, practices become habits. Mm. And those habits are the strength to take you through. Mm. I mean, oftentimes, just like you mentioned with the bike in the snow, or, you know, an example is given to walking through mud. You know, sticky, deep mud is not easy to walk through. <laughs> but if you've got your mind on the goal and you're determined and you just keep going, one step, next step, next step, then eventually you get out of the mud. Yeah. You know? and yeah. It, it's It's... It's a way of life that actually produces good results. But if you just throw your hands up, give up, cave in to anger and frustration, and, you know, then people who are inclined will, you know, smoke more cigarettes or drink more alcohol or take more drugs yeah, or yeah, yeah. go to the psychiatrist and get more medication for, you know, anxiety and depression and struggles and and they don't really go anywhere they don't achieve any real strength you know they, they've gone to to a, a source of help that has no real strength mm. and so but, they're still weak but if you if you take the other approach which i've referred to you're gaining strength you're getting stronger yeah and so the adversities come as they always do, but now you're stronger. You're more able to deal with them. Hmm. You know? and it, it just reminds me of the word, you know, bala. The, this, the, uh, strength is not what we normally think about. Bala, strength in Sanskrit means spiritual love, doesn't it? Yeah, it means spiritual strength. And, that's... and so... You know, the soul is, you know, neglected. So when you neglect the body, it gets weak, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't exercise and work out, and your muscles atrophy. You, 
You exactly. get weak. Exactly. If you don't exercise the mind, the mind gets weak. Or if you don't exercise the spiritual self, you also get weak. You know, it just gets covered over and and so there's there's no strength there. But if it's if it's constant, again, habits, remembrance, chanting, hearing the teachings and all the other processes, you're getting stronger and stronger. Hmm. And when you're strong, you're, you feel strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when you're strong, it's easier to, like, yeah, keep doing that. That, that becomes a habit and it's easier to tackle things and it's easier to, to not fall into the yeah. bad habits that are kind of, <laughs> yeah, hanging over us or... <laughs> You know. <laughs> right. If you if you've got a habit of sitting on the couch watching TV all day, you know, and a lot of people do have that habit, mm. you know, you just get weaker and weaker. You know, almost can't get off the couch. You know, and just go downhill. And and so you look at the world in a different way, well, from a perspective of weakness. You know, and, and helplessness almost. You know, I mountain bike a lot. Well, I haven't since COVID, but and the pandemic and all that. But you know, and mountain biking, especially in the high country, I was mainly in Colorado and places like that, is seasonal. So during the winter, you're not mountain biking. Although now more and more people are, you know, using fat bikes, which are you know more suitable for riding in the snow. But anyway, usually you're skiing or doing something in winter, yeah. you know. And so when all of this, that kind of dissipates and this, the biking season starts, you're out of shape. You might have skied all winter, but you're out of biking shape. I mean, there's different muscles involved. There's different breathing and everything involved. And so, you know, you, your first seasonal rides are very difficult. And you look at those hills, you know, and you just go, oh, man, you know, you don't <laughs> even want to go on some rides because, oh, it's too many climbs and it's too steep, and you know, and that's your attitude. But you keep going because you like the sport, right? You keep going and you suffer through the early season and, <laughs> you know, you get more in shape and more fit. And then those hills or those rides that look so intimidating and, you know, just so difficult, you start looking forward to them. Aha, that hill, you know. And and you just feel good, like being able to just climb that hill, you know, and feel good at the top. And feel. and so it's it's a whole nother vision. You're you're looking at the same thing but from a whole nother perspective. Mm. One is a perspective of out of shape or weakness, and the other one is in shape, fit, strong, so on. And, and that's much more fun. By the end of the season, biking's a lot more fun than it was in the early spring when you were struggling. <laughs> you know. So it's like that again in life. You know, If you're spiritually strong, and you look at those challenges, which are always up and coming, wow, that looks cool. You know, I can meet that challenge. Yeah, I can do that. And you're not hesitating. You're not trying to get around it. You're not trying to duck out. 
I can meet that challenge, you know. And, and you do, and you just go through it. You know, it could be a physical challenge, a mental challenge, all kinds of challenges. The, the material world is full of them, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's no shortage. But you're prepared. You're ready. And all of that makes you even more strong. Yeah. You know? And, so you just, you're just like going and going on an easier journey. And and if you don't, like, if you don't get through your weakness at that first stage of the season, then you never get to that point of strength and, and, and the easy, easy times at the, like, that, that are, that are coming after yeah. the, dif uh, after the, difficult first one which is a, yeah it's just a shame it, it, you know it's like yeah if you give up at every little challenge and struggle oh this is too hard oh i don't want to do this i just then what are you what are you going to achieve you know on any level physical mental or spiritual mm. so many of these things apply you know all the way across the board mm. you know These difficult situations build character, used to say, builds character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What doesn't break you makes you stronger. Make you feel... Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, they say if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger. <laughs> mm, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's... Uh... You know, I, I was looking at Srimad Bhagavatam again. To, uh, this is a quote that we actually, we were reading about this before, but I, I was thinking that this was, well, it was, because it mentions about habits. So this is uh, talking about Kali Yuga, the, the, the time period that we are in right now. Uh, and and uh, Bhaktivedanta Swami says that uh, in Kali Yuga, the duration of life is shortened, not so much because of insufficient food, but because of irregular habits. By keeping regular habits and eating simple food, any man can maintain his health. Overeating, over-sense gratification, over-dependence on another's mercy, and artificial standards of living sap the very vitality of human energy. Therefore, the duration of life is shortened. Just like, wow. By, <laughs> by keeping regular habits, one, any man can maintain his health. <laughs> yeah. Well, regular that's... habits <laughs> <clears throat> but you know it's not easy in the beginning it's it's, it's very what do you want you want a good life or you want to just you know a mediocre life or a life that's just filled with struggle and you know what what do you want that's a person has to make a choice you know and that's the unique situation of of human form of life You know, the humans can make very definite choices. Mm -hmm. you see? We have that facility. And, and we're forced to make choices. I mean, it's not like you can go through life and make no choices. Mm -hmm. You know, it starts in the morning. You got to make a choice to get up or stay in bed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so so <clears throat> if we make good choices based on knowledge then we'll get good results. And if we make a bad choice based on ignorance, then we get bad results. Mm -hmm. So you're going to make choices anyway. So with knowledge and 
determination, we can make good choices and get good results. And good results are good results. You know, and we're not talking about, you know, this video that I referred to in the beginning, which is limited to the time span we're in this body. You know, this was all about what are you going to do between now and the time yeah, you yeah. die? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, are you going to be successful materially in this way, this way, this way, whatever, whatever. But in our teachings, we go beyond the term in this body. Okay, you make choices now that will prepare you for when you leave the body, when you die. Mm. The choices we make now will determine the results of where we go when we leave the body, remembering we're eternal spirit souls. We're not these temporary material bodies. And death is just the soul leaving the body. It's nobody's dying here. You know, there's no such thing as death in reality. Death means cease to exist. There's no such thing. You know, the body is always dead. It doesn't die. You know, the body is dead from the beginning to the end. You know, and the only thing that makes it live is the presence of the person in the body, the spirit soul. Spirit is life itself. So when we are in the body, then the body is called alive. Oh, this is alive. But it's not. The body's dead. We're alive. And so death is just when we leave the body. We exit the body. <laughs> and then the body shows its true nature. It's it never was alive. You know, all the things are still present in the body after death as were there before. You know, one minute after death, you got all the, the same ingredients there. You got the brain, you got the heart, you got the circulatory system, you got all the organs, you got the muscles, you got the bones, you got everything. It's still there. There's nothing, it's not there. Nothing disappeared except one ingredient, life. And so that life is the soul. The soul leaves the body. And it continues to live because it's eternal. Hmm. So are you preparing that? Are you preparing for that moment? So your choices now will make it so when the soul leaves the body, it will be going to hopefully the spiritual world because of the choices you made, the habits you developed and implemented, see, that took you out of that situation in the material world trapped in a temporary material body and makes you qualified to return to the spiritual world because of the, the, the choices that has made it so you've developed a loving relationship with the Supreme Soul and this is your desire and this is what you know you're, you're, you want, this is your destination or have you not done any of that and just come back in another material body and stay on the wheel of birth and death. In other words, there's choices that will lead to either one of those two results. Mm. And, and as a human, we can make those choices. But the, the lower forms of life, they cannot, you know, 
the dog cannot make such choices. You know, it, it doesn't know, it can't understand these teachings. No. <clears throat> it can't understand its real identity. It can't understand anything about the material world and the spiritual world and, you know, all those things. And he's just following, like, the instincts are making his habits, you know. They're, they're just... Yeah. yeah. Nature creates... Nature the habits for the lower forms exactly. of life. Exactly. Just the, the natural influences of, of the modes of nature on the dog or the cat or whatever. And they all have their natures, don't they? Yeah. Mm. You know, cats' nature is very different than dogs if you've been around both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the, because it's a, it's, a, it's a different body and therefore it has different, in, you know, instinctual... You know behaviors, but when we get to the human, then it's like, okay, here's full facility. You know, to make choices that will take you back to the spiritual world, your real home. But there's full facility to go down too into the more dark regions of consciousness. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well if if you're in for because i i i think anyone listening to this i think most people would are i mean we are all of us in some bad habits i think for sure <laughs> how do you how do you start breaking those or how do you start moving towards a better direction like i guess the first step is knowing this like you said hearing but but you know you got to make a choice you got to make a determined choice i'm going to do this you know and it can start slow i mean you know maybe you're going to start with your diet maybe you're going to try to clean up your diet we've mm -hmm. talked about that before mm -hmm. you know and not, not overnight become the strictest vegetarian or vegan or whatever but you know, gradually, you know, move into a better diet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, also giving up, you know, just make a decision. I'm going to give up some bad habits that I have. I know they're bad. I mean, some things aren't really obviously bad, but some are very obviously bad. <laughs> <laughs> And so you start with the obvious. <laughs> you know, okay, that's obviously something that's not good for me. So I'm going to give that up. I'm going to, and maybe you got to kind of wean yourself. You know, it takes a little time, perhaps. Wean, you know? like give it. Yeah, like like a a mother weans the kid. It doesn't let the kid suck on her breast. You know, as much as, it, you know, uh, just okay. <laughs> less and less frequency until you wean the kid, you know, or, or dogs wean their puppies, uh, you know, of, of the milk, mm. put them on more solid food and so on. So anyway, you, you kind of just, just gradually, some people can do it quickly. It's, it's individual. Some people can do it quickly. Okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. And they don't do it. Mm. That's just it. They don't do it. Mm. 
you know, and other people it takes them longer, you know, but the the more determined and the quicker the better because some people can use this slow, you know, recommendation as an excuse just to never do it, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm working on it, you know. What was that thing one guy said? Yeah, I'm quitting smoking. You know, every year I smoke one cigarette less per day, you know. So this year I smoke one less. Next year I'll smoke two less, you know, and he dies before he ever quits smoking. Yeah. So, you know, you can't, if you're determined, you want to do it. You want to do it as quick as possible. If you can, you do. But that's, that's why... Why, why, why can some people change that fast and why not? Is it just the previous experiences? And like, cause... Because of the influence of the modes of nature on them. Some people are more in the mode of ignorance. You know, and for them, it's very difficult to get out of ignorance. You know, some people are more in the mode of passion. So they can be passionate about, you know, the bad things, but they can also, you know, just kind of transfer that passion to the good things. Mm -hmm. You know, they can be just as passionate about the good habits as the bad habits, mm. you know, and, and they're used to, to, to really being motivated to do whatever they're doing. You know, that's the mode of passion. And then mode of goodness is, you know, it's just an internal, you know, inclination to, to do good things that usually they don't have so many bad habits anyway. Mm. You know, if you're really in the mode of goodness, a lot of these, you know, things that are normal for most people is, like, I, I don't do that. I never did that. I don't want to do that. Or I did it because everybody was doing it, but it wasn't really that important to me, and it's easy to give it up, or, yeah. you know. So it's, it's different influences of the modes of nature make it so people can do things quickly or not so quickly, or, you know, if they're too covered, maybe not at all. Mm. You know, maybe later, mm. after... You know, who knows how many lifetimes maybe before they can really. So it, it's stated in Bhagavad Gita, you know, that, you know, some people are really ready for forward movement, spiritually speaking, and some are not. You know, they're just too covered in ignorance and, and passion for the, for the lower things. Because this made me think about a friend of mine, Frank, he's just, you know, when, when he heard about, he was eating meat, and when he heard about the karma involved in eating meat, he just like, on the day, <laughs> stopped eating meat, <laughs> just like that. Yeah. You know, it's okay, yeah. I hear it, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to eat that stuff, because I don't want to get involved in all the karma. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And he made a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. But <laughs> the, the, there's there was something that I thought about that, that might be nice to because we were speaking about, and I that, I think that's a good name, maybe like you know habits, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But <laughs> what? Because um, there's a story that came to my mind about that that shows us maybe the difference between bad habits and ugly habits uh there's a story about jagai and madai i i don't know if it's uh, in whatever way if it's you know uh, proper to 
<laughs> and we can we can explain it in a nice way but but you know which habits are just like bad habits and which habits are really ugly habits that are going to take you to a dark place because i i, I think that story shows a little bit like <laughs> the bad habits and those are like those can be excused those can be overcome but the really ugly habits like criticizing others they're not as that that's the ugly ones isn't it or well yeah criticizing others and you know uh yeah a lot of perversions people have and so on i mean they're just like you know really <laughs> dark and they just take you way way down so you know you almost can't see you're just like blind to the truth blind to do anything right or good or righteous or etc and you know yeah that's uh that's unfortunately coming somewhat common you know and uh so that's why people are struggling so much in life, you know. And the greed and, and, and so on like this, just greedy, you know. This, there's, there's a certain result of, of this dark greed, like mm. where you have no care and no sympathy for other people, you know. And, and whatever exploitive measures it takes to get what you want, you're more than willing to do that, you know, no matter how much it's going to damage the other people, you know, it might destroy their life completely, but that's okay. Mm. You don't care because you're so overcome with lust and greed. You, at any expense, you'll get what you want to, to murder, to whatever, you know, predatory acts on many different levels. But, but the, well, that's abominable. That's that's really atrocious, you know. One of the arguments. like personal habits, like eating, you know, the wrong food, or you know, smoking and drinking. Yeah, they're bad, and they definitely cover the consciousness and so on. But they're not as bad, so to speak. Like you say, they're ugly. They're not, you know on the same level as this power and this greed. I mean, look in the name of power, what has been done over, over human existence. You know, people kill family members. Father kills a son, you know, mercilessly because that son may be competition for his control on, of power. Mm. You know, he's, he's on the throne. The son can come up and maybe overthrow him. And so he kills him, you know. Mm. And maybe, you know, he's got several sons, and one is very young. So the last one, when he's too old to continue on, then this young one who's now grown up, maybe he'll let him take the power because now he's done. Whereas before, he would kill the son or sons because, you know, they were a threat to his authority. Uh, this kind of stuff, you know, and or, you know, just mercilessly killing of enemies, not just conquering, but, you know, unnecessarily killing and plundering and raping and destroying, you know, just like possessed by some huge demoniac force. 
It's not like, okay, we've defeated this enemy now. Let's call it good. No, we must destroy them completely morally and, and physically and, you know, everything. Well, that's, you know, a really ugly <laughs> situation. <laughs> and it's happening all the time. But 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 I feel like it it seems like that's just sneaking in it because it's not yeah it's big and ugly and it's really bad but but it's not so far away like if you start to just be I mean I just see it myself like if if I start to be dishonest in my dealings it's just so easy to slip into like the more and more dishonest more and more dishonest more and more using people because you get the most benefits and you know what i mean like it's in a sense it's not so far away like we have that somehow i feel like we have it inside of ourselves but maybe we don't we just well that's one of the defects of human beings is the tendency to cheat mm. you know But that's why we have rules and 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 stops controls to to don't let it get going. You see, once you let these things get out of hand, so to speak, or start going, like you said, you become a little dishonest and a little more and a little more. But somewhere before it got to a point of unstoppability, you recognize it and say, wait a minute, this is this is getting, no, I'm not mm. going to do this. Mm. That's why we have rules and regulations in the bhakti system, you know, checks to, to, to you know, to show you red lights. Here's a, here's a red flag, mm -hmm. you know, stop now. It, it, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, you must, you know, control the senses, you know, from the very beginning. Don't let them get out of hand and and just get so far gone that you can't stop them. You know, it's like a snowball effect. Gonna, you know, that little snowball, if you stop him right now, is nothing. But when that thing is as big as a house, you know, there's no possibility. You know, so if you just stand by and just let things roll downhill, then you got no chance. They've already defeated com you completely. Yeah. So, but an individual has to have some desire to to be in this controlled condition and this this refraining from, you know, the habits. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, embrace the good and the bad and the ugly. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to be there. I don't want to do that. You know, because I don't want that controlling me. Mm. It's something so education, education. You know, you know, kids learn what they learn, right? I mean, when a when a person is born, they don't know anything. What do they know? They don't even know how to walk. They don't know how to talk. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to do anything, but gradually they 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 learn more. They learn how to walk. It was already the ability was there, but they had to practice it. They had to stand up and fall down a lot, you know, and take two steps and fall on their face and get back up, you know. And gradually they they learn that, you see. But along the way, 
they're taught by their parents. I mean, the parents help, don't they? Oh, hold my finger. Let me help you walk. You see? You know, and they start to fall. The parents help them get up. And, you know, and then the parents start teaching them, oh, this is a dog, this is a cat, this is your name, you know, and so on and so on. Parents have that position of teaching. So they also have the responsibility to teach them these truths. I mean, this is stated in Scripture. The position of a parent is to teach the child the truth about life. You are in a material body, but you are not the body, you're spirit soul. But if the parent doesn't know that, they can't teach that. You see? And they teach the kid to to chant, you know, some nursery rhyme when they could also chant teach the kid to chant a mantra that is purifying. Mm-hmm. But if the parent doesn't know that, then they can't teach that. Or if they've heard it, but they don't see any value in it, they're not going to teach it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then they teach the child proper diet. I mean, they're feeding the child from birth, you know, so they teach from the very beginning. This is good for your body. This is not good for your body. I mean, I raised my daughter vegetarian. My mom, uh, Her mom, you know, we raised our child vegetarian from the very beginning. It was like no question. And that's what she learned, and she never deviated from that, you know. And wow. so you, you teach them properly. They know what is right, what is wrong, this is good, this is bad, and so on. And then when they get to be, you know, a certain age, we'll say adults, whatever age that happens to be for, you know, certain societies, then they kind of have to make the decision to continue with that education or to deviate, yeah. you know, yeah. and go off and, well, I, I'm going to do something different. But, you know, many times when they, if they do go off and try the other side, they realize it's, it's not good, you know. It it's just feels wrong. It, it, there's no real, it feels, you know, not correct. Because they've been trained in another way. Yeah. So that's lacking. That's lacking, you know. And uh, so we we get into fruit of that, you know. Again, deviation from the teachings of right and wrong. All scriptures teach this. This is right. This is wrong. Based on what? On God's laws. I mean. That's what the scriptures are. They're, they're explanations of and representations of the guidance of the Supreme Lord. You know, this is right, this is wrong, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do, and so on and so on and so on. You know, and when you throw that away, then it becomes right and wrong is just, you know, very, very relative. It's right because I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Or if I don't want to do it, it's wrong. I'm the I'm the authority now. I'm the judge. You see, mm. I make the rules, and that's a philosophy that people, you know, are are embracing and and you know really promoting. I make the rules. I decide what I want to do, and so therefore, this is absolutely incorrect. It's ignorance. The law of karma is still there. They are responsible for their actions, mm-hmm. and, you know, the result will, will not be good. 
but but you came into something that I I think would be interesting to 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 look at how to how to then help someone else who is in a bad habit because we spoke about education how to how to inspire others there there's a or there was a friend of mine that told a story about the couple they were together she was she was chanting she was following this process and he wasn't and he was always into like really bad habits of, of drinking and and then he maybe chanted a little bit but then like kind of fell back into the to the bad habits smoking and drinking and some illicit connections with other women as well and 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 at first she was <laughs> like really yeah cr criticizing him and and trying to like by talking to him make him understand that that was that was bad what he was doing and he should be doing this instead but but after speaking to her spiritual master she 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 started just like <laughs> not doing that but just focusing on her process that was it like her spiritual life and inspiring him and like he saw the happiness that she got from doing that <laughs> so he gradually started changing gradually very gradually you know and then eventually like he was he was on the same page you know <laughs> so i thought that was very inspiring okay, wow yeah, yeah and again every situation is different i mean that was her situation sometimes you can do what she did in the beginning to a person just tell them this is bad you shouldn't do this like frank he heard about karma mm -hmm. and he gave up meat yeah i mean he didn't have to follow some example for a long period of time. Yeah. He heard, mm. and he flipped the switch. Whereas, you know, the example you're given, and I know these people. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, <laughs> you know, this this took what it took. You know, the the this is bad, you shouldn't do that, didn't work. So she had to, you know, just go about her life. I can't make his choices for him. That's his choice. And she just made her choice to follow her, you know, sadhana, her spiritual practice. And and he saw it and, and he changed, you see. But another point is there was enough, you know, connection between the two. They wanted to be together enough that they were able to tolerate each other's, you know, deviant or different paths, you know, and still stay together. Some people, they just throw each other mm -hmm. away, mm -hmm. you know, but they had enough connection with each other that even though he wasn't doing what she knew he should do, she still was patient and tolerant. Mm -hmm. And he respected her enough that he kind of followed her lead through observation and so on. So it's very individual. Mm -hmm. It's very individual. You know, and so we have to deal with every situation as it needs to be dealt with. I see. You know, and, mm. Yeah. So, but regardless, you know, if we live our life as we should with our, you know, understanding and determination and, and so on, setting an example of this teaching and this lifestyle, you know, that's what we have to do no matter what, you know. And then if I think I can help somebody by saying, well, don't do that, you know. And, and they, they say, okay, because they accept me as somebody of 
you know, importance that they're going to listen to, great. And if they don't, you just continue doing what you're doing anyway. Exactly. So you don't lose anything by doing that. Like that's you that's a baseline. You have to do that. <laughs> I mean, that's not an option. You know, uh, we have to live correctly. You know, and other people can can see it or not see it or inspired by it or run away from it. <laughs> yeah, no. Or away from that. I remember they, yeah, there was, there was someone who came to a meditation class and they'd been to some other, the, we can just, you know, it doesn't matter what we, some other process. And she said the people there, they were, you know, they were doing their meditations, but like they were also, they were drinking and they were into smoking and they were into all these things, you know, so the, she wasn't really attracted to that. So she, <laughs> she, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, we're so individual and, you know, such background and so many different positions of, of influence by the modes of nature. And, mm. you know, so you can't say one shoe fits all, you know. But yeah. I guess then that's a nice, you know, summary, but we dare to say it. We're like, we, we, we need to dare to say something as well we need to dare to stand up for what's right like <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> that's and that's those do. who don't want to hear it they will just not hear it or they'll criticize or they'll attack and challenge or it's always been like that you know <laughs> those who speak the truth are not the most popular but then you know like Jesus said turn the other Turn the other cheek. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we better chant. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Well, time flies. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> no, you just sit down and start talking and <laughs> it goes where it goes. It does. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I this is very helpful. We have the habit of chanting, don't we? Exactly. So we know that in the end of each podcast, we're going to have a chant. <laughs> <laughs> so we do it regardless. But <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's do Haribo, Nitai Gor, Nitai Gor, Haribo today. Haribo, Nitaigor, Nitaigor, Haribo. Haribo, Nitaigor, Nitaigor, Haribo. Haribo, Nitaigor, Nitaigor, Haribo. Haribo, Nitaigor, Nitaigor, Haribo. Haribo. Haribo, 
Sankerton. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so there's some ideas today about habits, good ones and bad ones. <laughs> the good ones are good and the bad ones are not good. <laughs> That's the conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And spiritual habits are, are, you know, we're always promoting, you know, spiritual habits. So, you know, habit of hearing, chanting, remembering, 
You can have a habit of remembering these truths, remembering the Supreme Lord, etc., remembering the mantras, and on and on it goes, you know. So there's material bad habits, material good habits, and then there's spiritual habits, which are absolutely good. Okay, so we'll see you guys next week. Ruben, thank you very much for the... The what? I don't the know. Podcast, the podcast. The organizing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and Slava getting it together. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So is the next show going to be in a new location? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. This is the last time that you'll see me with this background. <laughs> yeah, so... New but old. Window yeah. now. Yeah. You'll be looking out another window next time. <laughs> I don't know. You don't see that much. You just see some kind of green. Yeah. Green stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's life. We're always changing. <laughs> the material situation is constantly in flux. Oh, yeah. So. Good luck on your move, and we'll see you in your new location next week. <laughs> we will. <laughs> Namaste, Valkia. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste to everybody who's watching. Thank you very much. Haribo. Haribo. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, staying with us, being with us today, listening in. And uh, if you have any questions, remarks, thoughts, then please write to us and we can take it up in the future podcasts now um, if you'd like to contribute to this show then we have a patreon account where you can make mini donations so that we can keep things running here and reach out to more people perhaps so that's all we have for now and we are going to release a new podcast next friday so see you then do share this with your friends and remember to stay true to yourself and dare to break trails